Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Friends, it's here. Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith is here. The book is out, and we are so thankful for the opportunity to put it into your hands through your local postal delivery person. If you order Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith on Amazon or wherever books are sold, it will be in your inbox soon. And this book will really help you in all of your life, your relationships, your your faith, uh, because we explain to you your personality in ways that will be very memorable, very impactful, and very helpful and healing for you and the people that you care about. We're so excited to be holding in our hands. September 5th, Bill, felt like it was a long way away yeah. for a long time. And there were so many times we were working hard, we were praying hard. And so now it's the time for us to be able to celebrate and rejoice in God's faithfulness. And we're excited about what he's taught us, what he's given us. I'm excited about how the book has has formed, and I'm really hopeful that it really will be a blessing to, to people. And thank you to all those of you who prayed for us and who pre-ordered it and are excited and celebrating with us. We, we feel that, and we're so appreciative of that. Soul Shepherding owns the book, so every copy that you buy or give to a friend helps the ministry, helps more people find Soul Shepherding. So we really appreciate it. Same with those uh, ratings. You go on to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Goodreads and you give a a star rating, uh, even a review if you could, and then more people find it. So that is really helpful. Today we are talking about letting go fosters joy. And this is especially for all you Enneagram Ones or if you have an uh, Enneagram One line or wing because the uh, soul care practice for Ones is abandoning outcomes to God something that we who are reformers or perfectionists especially are challenged with, but really it's something that all of us deal with because we, we like things turn out a certain way in our work and in our relationships and our family, and it's, it seems hard to let go of the outcomes to God. It seems hard to, to not try to make things turn out a certain way, and it is a training, but as we learn that, it actually proves to be an easy yoke. Yeah, I, I feel for you with that, Bill, knowing as a one the earnestness to which you work and the high ideals to which you have and the great capabilities. And early in, in your formation, you were able to see how oftentimes it seemed like things went better when you were in control. Drive the ball to the goal line. Get a, get a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> so so don't let is, anybody tackle you. Put, push through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so this is really a, a learning that feels very ironic, this, this point we're talking about here, and learning to let go of control when all of your nature has been to be in control and to control well and to earnestly use all the power God's given you and all the gifts he's given you and all all the wisdom that you can to try to get that great impact, that good outcome, to bring that more perfection, more fruit. Yeah, if you're a leader, you care about results. If you're a, a parent in your family, you 
parenting your kids. You you care about their behavior and their their schoolwork and how they uh, perform in their music lessons and all their activities. And we naturally have have hopes for people and ideals that we strive for. And so uh, we do our best. But the wisdom of God is, yeah, do do your best, uh, but don't trust your best. Trust God. And so learning to to let go and to realize, you know, sometimes what I think is best isn't actually best. And so I work on something, but then step back and see see what God does with it. So somebody might be thinking, but but wait a second, we we need to be responsible. It's good to be responsible. That's that's what you're talking about. This is this is being responsible with what God's entrusted to me. It is important to be responsible, but sometimes we can be over responsible. And the healthiest responsibility includes the element of being response-able, mm-hmm. which is to be responsive to God and to other people. Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean people-pleasing, which is one of the, the patterns that we can get into that is a way of trying to control situations is by uh, pleasing people, uh, accommodating them, walking on eggshells, and um, we're kind, we're nice, we're appreciative, and we have a agenda, maybe not even realizing it, for them to do something. And so well, I think what you just said there is important in the Enneagram's understanding of our personality is that we're talking about in our Enneagram types unconscious motivations. We're not necessarily conscious sometimes of these things that are motivating us. And in, in the case with the one that need to control, you're not necessarily consciously trying or aware that you're being driven by that need to control. Yeah, so in leadership, I'll see something that I think is really good for how God wants to use soul shepherding, uh, opportunity in ministry, and so naturally I'll work towards that. I'll um, lead our staff that way. But I've learned that I can't just trust my my drive or my ideas unequivocally, but to, as Oswald Chambers says, a fellow Enneagram One, give, give God some elbow room and make space for, for God to act. And sometimes, sometimes we need to act quickly, but uh, oftentimes it's it's better to make a space there uh, in our, in our work and in our relationships for, for processing for collaboration, uh, for just prayer and waiting to see what God does. And so recently did that in a very important opportunity that Soul Shepherding is looking at and um, saw God answer a prayer by not acting, but making a space to wait and see what see what God would do. And so it's counterintuitive, but especially if you're a, a driver, uh, or you you really like outcomes to turn out a certain way to on purpose hesitate a little longer. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Read Isaiah. And so to be intentional about waiting has been a very good discipline for me, and helps me be be at peace and helps me be more attentive to what God is actually doing. So, and that's what we teach is that, especially for the Enneagram One, is you learn to, in in your spiritual disciplines, to practice abandoning the outcomes to God 
that you will see God act in more often and more powerfully than you would have otherwise. If you just keep your nose to the grindstone, you're not looking up into the heavens to see what God is doing. I think the temptation is for us to trust our strengths. And you have a lot of strengths in terms of taking initiative and leadership and seeing, having great vision and great ideas and having a lot of energy and ability and talent to make those things happen. And you've had to work really hard to not always rely on and trust those strengths over making space for God or over making room for God or even making room for what God might do through others. Yeah, we talk about the Apostle Paul's in Enneagram One. has been such a great mentor for me. And you really see this in his life. He's very gifted, very smart, a great articulator, a great leader, and God used him so mightily. But we see him abandoning the outcomes. We see him... He teaches us, since you live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, Galatians 5.25. And we see him actually live this way, actually pray and discern and wait for God to direct him. We see that in Acts, how he's led by the Spirit. Uh, we see times where he's not sure what to do, and so he he prays and he talks to people and consults with with others, uh, he spends three years in solitude in the very beginning of his ministry in the Arabian Desert. Galatians indicates that. But Paul learned how to wait on God, and he, he learned how to submit that strong personality of his to the Lord. And so then he teaches us that incredible wisdom that, you know, actually we think that our strengths are so important in leadership, but actually our strengths aren't nearly as important as God's strengths are. And so while it is important for all of us to understand our personalities, our gifts, our spiritual gifts, our strengths, and to to as best we can to live from that place submitted to God, but we have weaknesses, and it turns out, as Paul says, that, well, when I am weak, I am strong when I'm trusting in God, because when I'm weak, I'm realizing a limitation. I'm realizing an unmet need or a hurt or uh, an ability that I don't have and that can wake me up to the reality that I need God. And that's the key. Whether I'm operating out of a weakness or out of a strength, the key is always to be alive to God who is present in this moment, loving and leading, is a source of all knowledge and all goodness. And so that's why Paul can say, when I'm weak, then I'm strong because God's taught him, hey, Paul, my, my grace is sufficient for you. And so that's that's the word that we all need, especially if you're a driver, a perfectionist, uh, a leader, uh, an Enneagram one. We need to be reminded that God is at work and he's doing wonderful things if we will pay attention and join what God is doing. So what are some ways that, have helped you to do that. Obviously, it sounds like studying Paul's life, you've taken a lot of encouragement from him. You've taken encouragement from learning you're not alone, that this isn't just you, that this is, maybe I'm answering my question to see it, but that this is common to others who share in your personality type. 
but I think that there's a lot of other things you've done. I've, I've seen you grow in this over the years tremendously, and I see you continue to work on it. Well, sometimes there's little things like having a morning quiet time um, where there's a space to meditate on scripture, be outside in nature, pray, but just, just focus on God. And, uh, first things first. Mm-hmm. And look at my day that's coming with God and submit that to the Lord and, and to pray over the items of the day and just say, you know, Lord, I'm just pray for your will. So you're not just waking up and taking the reins and going after it. You're actually intentionally handing the reins to the Lord and asking the Lord, how do you want to lead me in this day? Yeah, and hopefully event by event, uh, I pause, breath prayer, a smile, uh, a reset, and just to remember that God's in charge and God's doing wonderful things, and I, I want to be joined in with that. So a lot of it is our, it doesn't mean that we're constantly hearing God tell us what to do. It means that we're constantly submitting and resubmitting our heart, our will to God, so that our, our demeanor, our attitude, the spirit in which we do things is one that is yielded to, to the Lord and to his presence and seeking his will. But this doesn't mean that it's easy for you or it doesn't hurt. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a training and, and it's hard, but it really is, like we say in um, our other book, Your Best Life in Jesus, Easy Yoke, it, the easy yoke of Jesus is an easy way of doing hard things. And that that very much applies to this idea of abandoning outcomes to God. Yeah, if you like to have control, it feels hard to let go. It feels hard to wait. We, we don't like to be patient. Uh, and, and it's hard to accept that, yeah, that's where love begins is with patience and slowness and being unhurried. And um, But learning that demeanor makes everything in life more loving and more sweet and and more wise. So it really is an easier way of doing hard things that come up in family and work and ministry. Well, I benefited from it this weekend. You had a lot of your Enneagram One drive to want to try to complete some projects that you're working on and preparing for some conferences we're going to be speaking at. And that's a work of love, really important work. I really appreciate you doing it because I'm looking forward to Speaking at those conferences with you. And we're and, speaking on healthy feelings, thriving faith, and we'd love to come to your church. And so you were working really hard to prepare for those because there's a lot to prepare. We need to get slides ready and handouts sent ahead. And uh, you've got a lot of other work to do too. So you were working on this project to get this checked off your list and um, one of many. And then you got interrupted a couple times. <laughs> and one of those times is a pretty big interruption and an opportunity to get to help out our daughter with our three grandchildren. And you were able to put a stop to that and let go of that and really enter in and be present with joy for um, what ended up being like eight or nine hours with them. And then after that, it was Sabbath. It was your Sabbath time. So there wasn't time to get back to the project. And so then you surprised me last night when you said, wow, you know, that was really nice to have those that extended time beyond our Sabbath of not doing work. And I was just like so surprised when you said that because it was it was an example of this. It was like 
Instead of you grinding to the, oh man, I didn't get that done. I didn't get that checked off my list. Now I've got to add that to my work this week. You were actually rejoicing in it. You were testifying to the title of our podcast today. You were, you were experiencing the joy of it. Yeah, well, it's through training that we learn to do that so that we can be interruptible. And that's a great thing. Love is interruptible. And so what, what better thing to do uh, than to be with our, our kids and our grandkids? We would love to do that. And when those spontaneous opportunities come up, that's a, that's a blessing. So it's really thankful for that, uh, to be able to be in, in that world. And so that's, that's the power of training as we train with abandoning outcomes to God. Uh, it enables us to hold the steering wheel loosely with, with a light touch. Uh, which is a much better way than white knuckling it. And then yesterday we had a storm, a big storm, and we we couldn't really control what the storm was going to do when it was going to hit, how it was going to impact our ability to go to church or the plans we had to be with our daughter. And you were able, again, to abandon that to God, all the things that we had planned for the day that maybe were threatened by the storm and all the warnings we were getting to stay off the roads. But you seemed to be able to lean in with joy and not need to try to control things that we couldn't control. Well, there's a lot of peace in that, isn't there? Uh, there's a lot of peace when we can take what comes and uh, do, do it with God. I think it's easy, it's easy to lose sight of the reality that what's the most important fruit that comes from our life, and actually what brings us the most joy, is our relationship with God and our um, sharing that, that love relationship with others by just simple things of serving and doing life together and family together. So I think that we so readily will focus on the outcomes in the visible world that we're looking for and lose touch with the invisible world of the kingdom of God that is right in front of us. And this is why one of the reasons why it's so important to understand that the gospel of Jesus is that the kingdom of the heavens is open and available to anyone right now. And the way into that kingdom is through the cross of Jesus and the forgiveness of our sins. But as we go through that cross, we, we, we step into this beautiful world that has a, a rushing river flowing along, rivers of living waters. And so learning to live uh, wide-eyed and open-hearted to God's world is really the most important thing of every day. Well, and God doesn't try to control us either. He, in his ability and his power and his great vision, his earnestness and in his perfection, he, he abandons us to our choice, our free will. He lets us make choices. And that's a pretty inspiring example, too, that Jesus was not one who was controlling, who was not one that was constantly trying to, control the religious system of his day or the even his disciples or, right he didn't run after people and say look you, you got to make this decision look look you, you need to obey me in this and he, he didn't try to make people do things like, like you were saying he didn't push his pearls on people his pearls of wisdom and you know cram them down their throats he, he told stories and he healed people he blessed people he was very winsome but he respected their free choice and let them move towards God or not. And so that that's how we want to be in our work and in our relationships. We want to respect people's uh, yes and no and not try to make them do things and 
in every situation, we want to uh, release the outcomes of that to God and the Lord is sovereign and okay, God, what are you saying? What are you doing in this situation? And uh, we, we do what we can to, to be loving and helpful and to do good work, but uh, to not put it on, on our backs as, as a source of uh, uh, our ego gratification or that our, our identity and our well-being is somehow dependent on how this situation turns out. We want to have our identity uh, tied into the, the, the smile of Jesus, which is always uh, radiating over us in every situation, if only we would appreciate that. Well, I'm doing some training around that right now with the release of Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith, because we've put a lot into this, and a lot of prayer, a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice, and so, of course, I want I want. I want the outcomes. I want I want people to want it and to appreciate it. But I'm focusing on instead trying to abandon that to the Lord and not get attached to the results, to the numbers of sales or to the reviews. I, I certainly I want those. I have a vision of how those can be loving and helpful for people and the body of Christ and, and help more people be reached through soul shepherding. But I continue to try to put my intention on praying and and then releasing the outcomes to the Lord. Yeah, well, in our case, it's not only our time and work and dreams that we've put into the book, but it's the, the organization of soul shepherding. So there's uh, staff that are taking on different pieces of the project, like our video course for Enneagram and Emotions that relates to the book or the the secondary book, uh, your Enneagram map that gives a lot of references and tables and the uh, brings ties in the devotional masters uh, even more and uh, coaching tips. And so there's, there's a lot of different projects, a lot of different, uh, all these podcasts and, and the emails. And so there's a, there's a lot that we've invested in because we, we love you who are listening and, and the people that you care for and, and lead and minister to. And because we think that that the Lord wants to use this, but so it's a, it's a lot of sacrifice. It's a lot of investment. And then, so when you, we sit on the precipice of that, mm-hmm. well, what if it's like a thud <laughs> and it's not going to be a thud because people are already telling us they appreciate yeah. it. And, uh, but it's definitely is emotional. Like I, yeah. I, I'm we, in that with you, Christy. We can easily get attached to the outcomes and we want to be attached to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So Lord, we just thank you that you are the most glorious one. You are our source of joy and peace. And Lord, thank you. Thank you that we can release to you those things that we feel a compulsion and a desire and a need to control. And that in you, instead of ending up in resentment when things don't go as we want and think they should, we can be in peace and joy. And so, Lord, I pray for each one of our listeners, Lord, our, yes, our fellow Enneagram ones and those that have lines and wings to the ones, but Lord, all of us can get attached to motivations that aren't best, that aren't pure, that are sinful, that hurt us. And so we ask that you would continue by your spirit to point those out to us, to awaken us to those and to enable us to turn into you and your kingdom, relying on you, trusting you with the outcomes and reveling in the joy that's available to us in you and in our union with you. Amen. 
You can order Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith at Amazon or wherever books are sold for yourself, for your friends. It would be a great blessing for you. If you want to learn more about the book or the suite of products related to the book, the video course, uh, the Uranigram map book, the, the free online test, just go to soulshepherding.org slash Enneagram and you'll see all the links there to the books, the videos. Uh, if you want to have us come speak at your church or your organization or your network or somebody on our team to come speak, uh, just contact us at soulshepherding.org. We'd love to do that. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 